Welcome back, guys, to episode number seven. This is Men Being Boys here. Here with you, as always, is your host, Ben Zupke. Joining me, as usual, is your co-host, Cam Hyatt. How are you doing today? Doing good. Glad to be back. Let's get this episode. Yep. Um, this is going to be a very good episode. Um, I am going to put a disclaimer out there. Um, some of the topics may be sensitive to you. Um, we're going to get into religious aspects again. I know we did it one episode, but... Uh, I mean, it's going to happen when we have two guys that uh, regularly join church. So um, if you don't feel comfortable listening, by all means, just wait until next episode. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to introduce my guests here. Um, these two have been my friends since the start of high school. Um, haven't really looked back. Um, still friends with them today. Uh, one of them, I've worked with at Honda before, Honda Gang. Um, one of them, we had Spanish class together. And uh, that was really the start of our friendship. So I'm going to introduce Noah. How are you doing today? How are we doing, everybody? All right. Good, good. Ian, how are you doing? How are we doing, everybody? I'm doing good. Ian, all right. What's up? Um, so it's, like I said, uh, this episode today is going to be a, kind of a religious-based episode, and then we'll end up easy because some big things happened this past week in the stock market. But um, I do want to get started because it was brought to my attention that, uh, <laughs> I guess, not just now, but... For the past year or so, this world is, uh, this country has gone through some, some pretty tough times. Um, so I just want to get like what your thoughts are on that first with Cam and see like what you, what you think about like everything that's happening and in, in this country and let alone the world. I mean, we've all been there together and it's been a, a crazy, probably a little bit over a year now since um, a little bit before COVID hit. And it's weird that there was, there was such an opportunity, I think, with everything we've been going through that. We could have saw a lot more unity in the country and there was, you know, we were all going through similar things. It felt like, and I thought that there was going to be a chance that we could come together as a country kind of similar to, I mean, I was one years old when 9-11 happened, but you know, that was the time when we saw the country kind of pull together and band together. And I thought we were going to have something similar to that when we were all, you know, feeling the effects of COVID and, and some of the racial things that were going on. But uh, in the end, it seems like it's even more divisive than it, it was before, which is, Sad to see, and, you know, I'm still hoping for the best, but day in, day, it seems to get a little more bleak. Right. And it just it just kind of never happened, um, which is interesting because, like, it really relates to, like, the Bible and everything and the book of Revelations and talking about the end times. Um, Noah, like, you brought it up the other day, like, that stuff, like, it's crazy, like, how accurate the Bible has been. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the end times. I think nowadays because everybody is on social media people are so quick to uh, see what other people are doing you know we go on instagram and we see somebody else is in florida or somebody else is driving a really nice car and we automatically think oh we need that to be happy and i think everybody's too concerned about um pleasing other people rather than pleasing themselves um so i think that's something that we all need to work on and um i think social media has made it worse for us because in our age of technology we base our life on pleasing Mm -hmm. other people and trying to get other people attention and what they think is best for us when realistically it's, it's about, you know, what's best for ourselves and not pleasing other people. I think one right. thing that, especially with social media, it's you're not getting the organic original um, view of anyone's life. Like everything you're seeing on Instagram or Snapchat stories is exactly how those people want you to see them. You're seeing them, you know, these people will take 50 pictures. They'll pick the best picture out of those and then they'll edit it so that they look perfect and they look happy. But that's not reality. And if you think that that's, you know, anyone's reality, that they're always looking that good or they're always that happy or that successful, then it's going to be hard for you to be happy or or to find any peace in your own life when you look at yourself and 
you're not always that happy and you're, you know, you're not driving the best cars, like you said, and stuff like that. Right. Right. Ian, what are your yeah. It's like getting a secondhand smoke of like what you, uh, what you would expect your life to be living through theirs. Right. Yeah. And, and it's hard, like for me personally, like I've never really been like that big of a person on social media, if that makes sense. Like I'll, I'll post, but it's not like I'm sitting here going through a bunch of pictures. Like if you go through my, social media it's pretty obvious that i just pick whatever picture i think is either funny or like whatever i just i don't really care that much and people are always like oh why are you posting it's like it's because i don't really care what you guys think of me like i I think that's like the mentality i think us this generation should have but it's unfortunately it's just it's been rough especially with with like you like you guys have said way everything is like focused on being the best image you can possibly be but it's very hypocritical because you hear people saying oh be what you want to be and then people are saying oh but you want to look the best and have a certain way of looking another thing i think that contributes a lot to that is the music nowadays that mm-hmm. i mean rap is such a big part of most people's lives. it seems like or especially people our age and i was listening to the lyrics driving home today from from a workout and i just like it's so gross that every lyric is relating to how how big someone is or how you know how much money someone has or how many you know times they've had sex with different girls or you know all this stuff and it's like they're just perverting the minds of, of people that are listening to think that that's all that matters, that I need to be more successful than the guy next to me, or I need to have more girls in my life than, you know, all, all of my friends and my family and stuff. And it's, it's kind of gross when you think about it. Right. Right. No, yeah, that's, uh, it's really true. Um, like I was, uh, I've always been a Christian, like, you know, going to church every, every Sunday and stuff my whole life, but just because of the world we live in, you know, sometimes it's hard to, follow Christ in that specific way and definitely uh, because I'm a huge person into rap um, when I was younger it was all about how can I do this to you know get the Lambo and have this huge multi-million dollar house and have girls and go to clubs but I'm thinking you know like um, I heard one of these rappers talk about that a lot of people who are in the music industry say that in lyrics and or you know when they're Instagram live or they tell people that they thank God for all the money that they've been given, they, they think mm-hmm. it's a blessing from God, but um, I don't think that, you know, it's a blessing at all because you're rapping about things and doing things in life that God wouldn't be, you know, pleased of. So I don't think it's a blessing from God at all um, because, you know, you're doing something that's not God worthy. You're not pushing people towards God. You're, you're talking about things that are the complete opposite of what God wants. And um, I think it's just creating a, you know, an environment where everybody just wants to be extremely materialistic. And I think that's what we all struggle with is we, you know, we go on social media, we go on Instagram and we see rappers with hundred thousand dollar chains, hundred thousand dollar watches. And we think like, that's the good life. But I come to realize that if I don't have it in this life, you know, I'll have it in the next life because God always said, uh, when you get to heaven, you'll be able to build your dream home. So I'd rather have a dream home for eternity than have, you know, a dream home for 50 years. Yeah. I I think a big big part of, of that is that people will, will compare materialistic blessings to, to godly blessings and it's oh if you have yeah. 10 million dollars like god has really blessed you but god yeah. doesn't promise a life of you know complete happiness and and fortune um you know some of the greatest gifts in life that we can see are through you know friends and family but more so you know your relationship with christ and the the peace and salvation he's given us which isn't something materialistic and you know you can't flex the peace you have on on instagram exactly. and people will think that you know if you don't have 10 million dollars then where is your god and why isn't he you know making your life perfect and I think that's very true because that's why you see a lot of 
um, not often, but you do see celebrities commit suicide um, because how you're talking about with Instagram, you're basically seeing everybody's life through a filter and not their actual life. Um, a lot of celebrities have committed suicide. And you think, oh, they have money. They must be happy when a lot of actually celebrities who have fame wish they could have their old life back mm-hmm. um, because there's so much just nonsense that comes with popularity and having fame that uh, sometimes it's just better to you know live your life with pure happiness and not have to worry about always pleasing other people with like pap- paparazzi and you know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important that um, when we're listening to music that's not specifically for God that we take a second and think about that we don't really need that life that they live um, because it's it's usually not a good life that comes with it. Yeah, that lifestyle isn't uh isn't really following the code of Christ. It's uh it's one thing to let's say be engulfed in what you do in your lifestyle but it's also mm-hmm. another thing to beat temptations right temptations is is one th- hard thing to beat i'm pretty sure every man and woman can probably uh, agree with that yeah and i, I think it's important because like i remember growing up there was this one one sunday serve well, youth service that really stuck out to me it was um really engulfing the lifestyle of of being in like with god and living for god um it's actually an interesting uh topic it's the unit's called uh booty god booty which is basically saying on saturday you know you're doing stuff that's not like godlike and everything and then you go to sunday and all of a sudden all oh, you're very you know on your knees hands held together praying you know very jesusy like hallelujah and then you go back to doing your regular stuff on monday listening to to whatever doing whatever you want to do and i think it's important that we you know have god all the time with us and unfortunately in just today's day and age it's very difficult um I mean, just recently I had an experience where I was in a car with people who, you know, aren't really necessarily into the Jesus lifestyle like I am. And like, I just don't have the music that they listen to. And I said, if, I mean, if you want, like, you can listen to whatever you want. And they're like, oh, if it's it's your car, play whatever you want. And I was like, well, I, I really want to play my Jesus music right now. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> but um, obviously, I'd, if I did that, I feel like I'd be judged. But, you know, and that's another thing is I got to learn how to not really care what other people mm-hmm. think of me. Only God can judge you. Exactly. And yeah, that's, um, I saw on TikTok things that, that God doesn't like. And a big thing that I think we, we care about is what other, like how I was saying earlier about how we care so much about what other people think. And one, a, a big, you know, how like Ben says, all sins are the same. Um, but a bigger sin is being scared to, you know, worship or praise or listen to, to God yeah. while you're with other people who are not, you know, godly. Right. I think that's something we struggle with because there's so much, temptation in the world which is why i believe the end time is coming um there's so much temptation in the world right now that it's it's hard to to focus and i think that's why god puts us through what we're going through um he's testing everybody to see you know how good of a christian are we or like ben was saying i think that's called a lukewarm christian where we go out on saturdays do whatever and then Mm -hmm. sunday we act like we're a christian um so i think it's just it's really difficult to deal with in the world we live today because uh, there's just so much temptation going around that uh, it's kind of hard to just focus. Yeah, on. a verse that stands out to me when it relates to temptation, like you're saying, is um, Matthew five twenty nine and thirty, where it talks about if your right eye causes you to stumble out, it's better to gouge it out and throw it away. Um, better for you to lose a part of your body than to lose your whole body and be thrown in hell. And then verse thirty mm-hmm. goes on to say, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. Um, and then then again, it reiterates, it's better for you to lose part of your body than to lose your soul and go to hell. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, in a day where there's so many temptations and it's so easy to stumble and fall, that you know, looking, looking past just, you know, um, um, quick gratifications 
and you know what is going to please me in the moment to look on that there's there's a future beyond what I'm what I'm dealing with right now and that that's so important to stay focused on on the end and not just you know your day-to-day temptations right yeah that's a very good that's a very powerful person I actually really like that um you got anything to say no because the words right out of my mouth yeah so yeah and and like I said before the and it's kind of interesting and I think it has to do everything with today's generation of like our age I guess and my pastor really made a very good point this past Sunday. And I thought I was like, wow, that really relates to what we're going to talk about today. I mean, he's saying that this generation is growing up, not hearing the word no. And, and I think that's important because like for me personally, I've, I know I've heard the no word no a lot. And I think I'm very grateful for that because I've been growing up and, you know, and like enjoy, not enjoying the little things, but like, you know, being held in check and making sure that I, you know, I, I realize I'm very fortunate, more fortunate than others. Mm-hmm. And hearing the word no is very important to me because I, it keeps me in check and allows me to realize that, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky and blessed to be where I am today. Kids around the world are not as blessed as we are. But the problem is, is that people here don't realize how blessed they are and they take everything for granted. I mean, yeah. just like food and water, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So running water, grocery stores. It's the little things that we have is a blessing that many others don't really have an opportunity to get to. Yeah, exactly. Waking up every single day, it's a blessing. It is a blessing. And uh, I think about that every night and every day. I think that's true because we were born into that life. Um, just like a lot of celebrities or athletes, their they're kids, they'll, they'll never grow up um, thinking about being poor, thinking about everyday uh, challenges that other people struggle with because yeah. they're born into the lifestyle that, you know, they basically already have their set life. Um and I think that's it. Kind of, uh, you know, dwindles to us as well because we wake up knowing we have food in the fridge. We wake up knowing we can go get water. We wake up knowing we have money, and um, that's something I think that we struggle with is because we're so used to just waking up and, and doing instead of waking up and thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, because so many people around the world have a struggle, and to be you know born in this country is, is a blessing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's very important to think about. Yeah, even still, how we're we're also blessed, and you know, none of us. I assume are rich by any means. Um, but we're all, I mean, in a sense that we are all rich. We've lived, we live in a great country where, like you said, we don't have to worry about food or water, water or clothes or anything like that. But even still, we find ourselves making these comparisons and subjecting ourselves to other people's lifestyles that are more successful and have more money. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a quote, I don't know who says it, but um, how comparisons is the thief of happiness. And if you're always looking at yourself to be in the shadow of somebody else, you're never going to be truly happy with all the blessings that you have because there are so many blessings that you do have. Yeah. And and like, and like I was saying before, like my pastor, like he, this last Sunday was really good for, I guess my generation, our church is very old. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat or anything. We've got a lot of our, our youth is not, is very non-existent in our church. Um, But I think this past Sunday would have been really good because, you know, it talks about not wanting what other people have, um, not lusting, you know, all of that stuff that like we do now. And like pretty much is what promoted to us as kids saying, you know, you should try to be, want to be like them. It's like, well, yeah, you like, it's cool to have that stuff, but you want to be your own person and, and really embody yourself in the, in the word of God and follow what that stuff is. And, you know, it's just important to realize, you know, you got to be grounded and stay level headed and not get too high or too low. It's the influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I think, it, yeah, like I said, it's important to understand like 
what's what's good for you and what's bad for you as as a as a person as a human being you know you don't ever want to like like we said before take anything for granted so um that was a good that was a good uh segment right there um so a lot has happened this past week uh in terms of money um hi some lost their money some yeah. so exactly um uh specifically relating to the stock market how about that meme man dogecoin Hoo-wee. i'm gonna be honest with you uh dogecoin has made me a lot of money um whether it was when I sold it a while ago like an idiot and made a decent amount of money then. If I if I didn't sell it like an idiot before, I would probably have eight grand just from Dogecoin alone. But uh, I was dumb and sold it. So here I am making a decent amount of money from Dogecoin. Um, you're investing in it, right, Cam? Yeah, yeah. Keep in mind, when we say a lot of money, we're talking for broke college kids. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we're exactly. Like a couple hundred bucks feels great for us, but... Yeah, I've been right. I've been in and out of Doge for um, since I guess you know since it was maybe a cent or two. Um, so I, I started in early, but I never really committed to putting in a bunch of money right away. And I don't know, I thought I was a stockbroker or something. I've been doing all this like day trading stuff, and I just need to stop. I just need to throw in a bunch of money and just see how it goes because you've got a whole yeah yeah exactly. I I get a little antsy with my money, and I see it I see a peak, and I pull, and then it skyrockets, and I'm left yeah. on the sidelines, but. Sorry, regardless, I've made made some money and it's it's fun to do. It's fun to watch and it's been yeah. good. Yeah, I think um what happened, I say uh I'm gonna say on uh Thursday, Thursday night. I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. And I all the people I was with on Thursday didn't really care. And I'm sitting here watching Dogecoin just go right to the moon, man. I'm not kidding. It shot up like 20 cents in a matter of 10 yeah. minutes. And I just was sitting here going, what is going on? Yeah, I wasn't with Ben, but we were we kept texting each other. Like from the start of the day, we were <laughs> yeah. like, dude, it's literally at 20 cents. Like this is insane. And then we text him later like, oh, 25 cents. Like, can you believe this? And then it hits up to 40 and we're just losing our minds. And yeah, yeah, that was fun. But, you know, it might be going to 40 cents, but I mean, Bitcoin was a dollar at one time, you know, this you don't know, but it'd be crazy if one day we're talking about like, yeah, remember when Dogecoin was forty cents? Now it's at four thousand or yeah. something crazy like that. So I mean, there could be a time where we all make you know a lot of money. So just hoping for the best and that it keeps going. Right. And and <laughs> I got I don't know like what's driving it or what I I don't know if it's just solely Elon Musk doing this, but he's really like pushing Dogecoin if that makes sense, like into the sense that we are he wants people to have money like people like us to have money and i as much as i like i'm okay with robin hood i've seen the problems with it like if it starts going up like crazy they stop letting you buy which is like the most annoying thing ever because like you would think that they would want people to have money but those but they really bow down to those one percenters which is really unfortunate because those one percenters have all the money so why would they care like if we're making all the money yeah it was frustrating when it when it was starting to peak like around 40 cents a few days ago i mean it's back up there now but um, when it was starting to peak i like okay i decided i was going to pull and i go to pull and it's like uh, it needs to process like give us some time and then they like Mm -hmm. auto sold it when it was at like 34 cents so i lost out on like i don't know maybe 150 bucks when it did that drop and it was like if i could have just sold it right away like i'm sure most apps let you i would have had a little more money but i don't know what other app dogecoin is on i don't i want to say well I did see something that it said it was going to be on, on Coinbase soon. Mm-hmm. So that would be cool because get off a of rob like 
I'm only on Robinhood mm-hmm. because of Dogecoin. That is literally the sole reason. You don't invest I'm... anything else? No. I sold all my other stocks. Um, I had AMC and I had two weed stocks and they were not doing anything for me. Um, I've made up the money I lost to the two weed stocks, so I'm not too concerned yeah. about Disclaimer it. Disclaimer for anyone's listening, but... don't put all of your money in one stock like Ben. Ben loves Dogecoin. Okay. I Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably... yeah. 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 Well, here's the thing. I've, I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me quite yet because um, I can't complain because Dogecoin, yeah. yes, it's not smart to put all your money into one thing, but like if it's making you a lot no, of money. No, that's fair. And also, to be see... fair, you're not throwing away like life savings. You're putting a couple hundred bucks in just to have yeah, extra spending exactly. cash. But... Exactly. So, um, but yeah, with all disclaimer, don't do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Ian, are you into Dogecoin at all? Yeah, I got a... <laughs> Not as much as you guys, but I got 10 bucks in there. There you go. <laughs> hey, that's still something, man. Just need to add another zero in there. Maybe a couple more. <laughs> yeah. It's – and for us, like, as, as college students and as, like, kids – we're still kids. I still consider us kids. Like, like I hear, like, my this guy from my church who got me into Dogecoin, he's 28, has a kid – or has two kids – married and he has a like a full-time job and he's sitting in here putting a thousand dollars into dogecoin and i'm sitting here like man i wish i could do that and he's made a lot of money like i'm not gonna sit here and sugarcoat it like he's made a lot of money from dogecoin because he was in it when it was a cent so you know a low risk high reward type thing mm-hmm. and you just got to be smart um right now i still consider doge to be low risk high reward i just don't see it dipping below the 25 cent part yeah it's anymore. held for a while now which which definitely makes so, it seem like it's going to hold for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, the higher the risk is based on how much money you're throwing in, but right. we're not dealing with our life savings, which... You think it'll hit a dollar? Do I think it'll... Yeah, and I, I, without a question, I don't think about it. It's going to hit a dollar. I think it'll hit a dollar... If, by fall? If not by fall, by the end of the year, it'll hit a dollar. Because it's... I, like I said before, it's going to... Um, tomorrow's supposed to be a good day for Doge. Um, it's supposed to, like, skyrocket, I guess. The memers are going to skyrocket it try to get their profit out um i'm really i'm not gonna pull tomorrow unless it's like a crazy amount of money like a thousand dollars yeah if i get like a thousand plus dollars like i, I don't think i'm gonna pull um just because like you'll pull i, I made the i made the mistake yeah i made the mistake the last time i was like oh i gotta quickly put a lot of money in but i don't i don't want to do that so uh i'm gonna hold i'm gonna make this a long-term investment and wait maybe like a year to see where it's at um but I just don't see it dipping anymore. Yeah, I can't imagine if we look back five years from now, or if we go five years in the future, that we'd see Doge at like back down to five cents or anything. Like exactly. I feel like this is kind of the start of something big, and maybe I'm just biased because yeah. I have it. But I'd like to think it's going to get big at some point. Right. I saw a TikTok um, with Elon Musk saying like talking about Doge, saying like, "Oh, it was supposed to be a meme stock, but now it's like." you know like something about its fate like you don't think it's going to be much but it's going to currency of the future currency of the future yeah exactly that's i i really truly think that we're going to go to cryptocurrency very soon not soon i I take that back probably like 30 40 years in our lifetime it'll happen but far down the road i think um yeah, so I, I just don't see it dipping. When it gets to a dollar, I don't see it dipping below a dollar either. Because, like, what it's been doing is it's been, like, going crazy high up and then fluctuating out about half from where it started, which is good. So, yeah, the trend has always been up with it, which is great. Right, exactly. Such so, a huge gamble to be gam- uh, not gambling. 
such a huge gamble to uh to also be investing in cryptos sometimes yeah you know. like bitcoin right now is on a big downfall yeah remember when you brought it up it was at like I don't know who said it. Somebody said it was at uh, it, was, it reached fifty k. Well, it was yeah, past sixty. I invested in it. It was, it was just oh, sixty. Right, you invested sixty one. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I, I put it, I put in like five dollars <laughs> just because I want to have it on my homepage, just so I can like. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was it. It was sitting at sixty k for a while. Um. Hit sixty one, I think, and it's been on the downfall. So, but not too bad. Um. It did dip to like fifty, and then I think I think it's back up to what fifty five. Yeah. So it's at 55. So not too bad, but like, I just, for me, like, I just like with Doge out and going up, I just don't see Bitcoin ever being something like I want to get into just be, just because it's so high. Like there's for a lot of, one, a lot of for, right here there. If it exactly. For one, well. Right. <laughs> for one Bitcoin, like you have to put in 55,000 for one Bitcoin. It just doesn't seem worth it to me if that makes sense so i don't know i i think uh i think everyone should be in the stock market we've talked about this before like i said i think everyone should be in it it's a nice way to make some money on the side um and who knows i think it's more solidified than like let's say the lottery or, or even gambling honestly um because you know at some point it's bound to go up no matter what it is Unless it's a long term, yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's a long term investment, which is the important part. Unless you know you want it to be your job and to be a day trader, but that that's that's a lot of work, and you got to be smart and know what you're doing with your money at that point. So, um, yeah. Noah and Ian, are you guys uh, basketball fans? A hundred percent. I'm heavy into basketball. Noah is more than me, but I keep up with it. Fair enough. Um. You think the Bucks can make it out of the East? I know we saw Katie; he had to leave in the first quarter the other day, and said it's a left eye con- contusion. But uh, I think that that helps a lot. Right. I think I think the Nets and obviously the Lakers, if fully healthy, are two powerhouses that nobody's going to beat. But they've both looked so I don't know. Like obviously, none of those teams have been like very healthy for very long. There's always somebody out, and there's always some issues. Which yeah. I think I don't know. I think if Katie's out, I think the Bucks match up with the Nets very well. well. That's very true. I mean, the Lakers beat the the Nets by twenty with with uh with no LeBron or no AD. Nets team. Yeah. And but that ha- that stuff happens like every every night. You know, the a top team will lose, and the, especially in the regular season, because I feel like there's some like off days like that they just don't care. Um, but I feel like that's been happening to the Bucks a lot lately. Yeah. Just games they don't care about. They just haven't been like. I just feel like every other day they're losing. Yeah, it took a, it sucks, a bad but... loss to the Grizzlies the other night. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was tough. Couldn't be losing to them, but yeah, I'm not scared for the Bucks. I mean, we've looked healthy, and I think that we can hopefully turn it on this year in the off season, unlike the last two seasons. Um, Do you think Giannis was resting for what the Grizzlies lost? No, no, just because he was out for like six games. Oh yeah, yeah. You think he was resting? No, no problems. Um, no, I don't think it's anything serious. I think it was just just resting okay. and overprotective. No reason to. I mean, I don't think he's gonna win MVP, so there's no reason to always have him in every night. Yeah, that's fair. Who do you have for MVP, Cam? Uh, I would go Jokic at this point. I think if Embiid hadn't missed any games, I'd give it to him. But I'd probably go Jokic and then Damian Lillard at two. 
and then I'd keep Joel at three. I think Steph Curry's starting to get close to being talked about in the MVP. I don't think he should win by any means, but uh, I think he's he was in it at, in the conversation at one point. He was, but... and they were winning games, and now it's they're yeah. trying to crack five hundred and squeak into that ten seed playing tournament. It's like right. I mean, Westbrook's the only player in the last ten years to have won won an MVP, not being the one or two seed in their conference. So yeah. I don't think being a ten seed is really going to help help those odds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Bucks will be okay. As, um, I, I, even with KD, obviously it's harder with KD, but I still think the Bucks like matchup for matchup still like look okay. Like if anything, I'm putting Drew Holiday on James Harden. I'm putting Giannis on KD, and I'm living with Chris Middleton on Kyrie. Like if Kyrie beats us, like I'm more than happy. I just like I, not more than happy. Like I'm more than okay with it, I guess. I don't think a Giannis KD is a great matchup because of Kevin Durant's quickness. And I mean, Giannis is a a good, good. I don't even know if I would say good perimeter defender. I mean, he's a great defender in general, but on the perimeter against a guy mm-hmm. like KD, who's so agile and so lanky, that can get up so fast. Like, yeah. KD could light us up from three. I think, I think KD when he's healthy. I mean, in my eyes, he's the second best player in the NBA if he's healthy. Behind uh, Alex Crusoe or. Cruz <laughs> go. No, no, was a big Lakers fan. Why, why are you a big Lakers fan there? Because Brown, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, That's. Gotta... I think uh, when LeBron retires, he's gonna be one of the greatest GMs to ever be involved in sports, just because his basketball IQ is, is so knowledgeable. I think. Um, I, I know I saw that Dwayne Wade had gone into the Utah Utah mm-hmm. Jazz, which was smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. If LeBron retires, I know he's going to get some type of job within the league. I think that if he were to become a GM or a partial owner, um, I think he's just going to be so good at his job just because of um, how well he knows the game and how well he knows every player and what their strengths are. So I'm looking forward to I mean, I don't want him to retire, but I'm also looking forward to when he retires because I think he's just going to be a great uh, owner. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge LeBron fan. I like his legacy, and I think he's the second-best player of all time. But a, a dream – that would come true for me would be to watch LeBron play with his son and then retire. And then they're talking about doing an expansion team. If he could somehow, I mean, what you think he could afford to buy a team or at least partial ownership, if they do add like two I'm more sure teams. He could, sure. He could afford to buy the whole. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> but if he could like got his own team, Oh, that would be insane. And I definitely agree that he is one of the most um, highest IQ people to, to have ownership in the team. And do you think, do you think people are saying the same thing about MJ? Highest IQ? No, because MJ was a better player, but he didn't have the basketball IQ that that LeBron does. LeBron can play every position. Well, I'm saying before LeBron, do you think people are saying like, do you think he had that IQ? Because like I, I, like us talking right now about Bron, like it's like, I feel like that's how people were talking about like. That's fair. MJ, no, I, I, like, I definitely would have said that that Jordan was going to be a great um, GM or or an owner of a team when he was playing. But to be fair, in hindsight, Jordan is a little bit more of an emotional guy. And I think LeBron looks at the game very logistically and knows every little aspect. I'm sure Jordan is close behind him, but I don't know. It's LeBron, mm-hmm. man. Like, he's gonna, he's, he knows what to do. Yeah, that's fair. I was just going to say, because MJ's uh, GM skills have not been that great. <laughs> I mean, other than the the mellow, yeah. Other than the mellow draft, everyone was you know still kind of pooping on him for that. But mellow seemed to pan out pretty well, even though he's. I hurt, think I but... thought mellow was an 
obvious pick. I don't give Jordan any credit for picking him because I think Melo could have been a number right. two pick if it wasn't going to the Warriors that needed a big. I think most, right. a lot of teams would have taken him second. So for him to fall to three and then, you know, Jordan's just looking at him like, you have to take him there. Do you think Melo's better than Lonzo? I do. I yeah. So I mean, I've, I've heard the quote 10 times already, but Melo's what Lonzo was supposed to be. And I couldn't agree more. He's yeah. so much fun to watch too. I love LeVar. I want to be honest with you. LeVar's fun. Yeah, I know. I think one of the, speaking of owners, I think one of the, the greatest owners in the league right now is Mark Cuban. I mean, what he's done with that Dallas team um, and made their networks just so big. I don't know what the exact number is, but I know he bought them for like $200, $300 million, and now they're worth like $1.8 billion. True. Do you think uh, as a team they've underachieved? Cause... In my opinion, if you, I feel like every team, I mean, if you're talking to the players, they're going to say if they don't win the championship, they've underachieved. Um, I think it's – for sure, at least playoffs. If your team can't make the playoffs, I believe it's an underachievement. I think, um, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think the Mavericks individually have underachieved. I think Luca was the front runner for MVP this year, and I mean he's kind of in the conversation, but he's definitely not going to win. I think Porzingis was supposed to be a bigger asset, and he hasn't been incredible. Um, he hasn't been very good, honestly. If I, I mean, he's been all right, but he's not what we what he we thought he was going to be. And I mean, yeah. them coming in the playoffs at like a six, seven seed. I don't know. I feel like they have too much talent to be to be that. They need to be bigger threats, especially when you have a young talent I, like Luca. I think they're just. I think they're just missing a piece. Yeah, like they just some else. I don't know what if it's a big, like a. I don't know what the it bench, is. Dude. The bench. I think yeah. The I think is pretty, yeah. Pretty they fresh. need more depth. I think because it's really just the Luca show. Like I, other than Luca and Kristaps. And Jalen Brunson, I don't, I don't think I could name anybody else in the Mavericks. I mean, I mean Brunson's not an All Star. Yeah, I, mean, I only know Brunson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I only know Brunson because of Villanova. I just <laughs> I think because we played against him at North. Exactly. Wait, we did. We didn't, but when I was on the feeder team, eighth grade, we went to Stevenson, and he was a senior. That's so I, I do. Um, remember, yeah. Just, yeah, I know he was at Stevenson. Sorry, little uh, home cooking there <laughs> from Jalen Brunson. <laughs> I just so. think if, if Porzingis played more like he did when he was in New York or like an all-star caliber player, that, that'd be a that'd be a solid big two. And mm-hmm. you got your big and you got your, your Luca, young Luca and right. But like you said, I think the Suns are doing pretty good too. The Suns are, are hot right are now. Nice. I love the Suns, man. They're so much it fun. It surprised to watch. me because I mean, yeah, their their bench is nice, but I didn't think C P and Booker would be able to dominate at the level they're doing. I mean, C P's been in the league what? I mean, he's been in the league for a while now, and he's still, you know, he's still really decent. Mm-hmm. Barkley still says he's the MVP. I mean, he is decent. I don't, I wouldn't consider him runner of MVP like Barkley yeah, says, but I still think CP is a great point guard, especially for his age. Yeah, I think if we took MVP at face value and actually read it as most valuable player, I think that maybe it would be Chris Paul. But they don't actually mean, you know, the most valuable player no, to their team. I mean, yeah. Because Steve Nash won over Shaq, who had the, one of the greatest seasons as a big of all time. Yeah. yeah, he won it twice. Um, I know Col- over Kobe, over Kobe. Steve Nash also won over Shaq. Yeah, he won too. He won, oh, okay. and Shaq that year, dude. Shaq was averaging like thirty, yeah, 30, 10, and that. ten. Yeah, but it was rough. I feel like it's very based on most valuable. It's more based on most valuable team rather than most valuable player. Yeah, I agree. Because it's kind of hard to consider you an MVP if your team's you know eight seed or or nine seed, whatever it is. So I think that's the kind of problem that they're facing is that a lot of times during the league, you have players that are 
you know, should be MVP, but they don't get it because their team didn't, you know, go all the way or stuff like that. So I think they should, um, I think they should do the MVP after the season, uh, after the championships over, rather yeah. than do it after the regular season. Yeah, because you know LeBron always turns it up in the postseason. A lot of players get better uh, when they're in playoff run. They they play harder because they know, okay, well, if we lose, we're out. So I feel like they should wait to to give the MVP and do the award until after the championship, right. rather than doing it after the regular season. Right. Yeah. Because not you know not every player plays as hard in the regular season. No, I feel like yeah, when so, Phoenix went eight zero in the bubble, and then they got they got Chris Paul, one of the, the best nice. winners of all time. I knew they were going to be something special. And yeah. I I mean yeah, I don't think nice. they're I don't I think they're overachieving the regular season, and I don't think they're more than maybe a second round playoff team. Just because they don't have like that dude, you know, they don't have like a top ten player in the league on their team. But but they do play. They what play if, good ball. What happens if Devin Booker like turns it up though? I, I know, still don't. Like, think like, that do you know like what Jamal Murray did last year in the bubble? Yeah. To be to be fair, like to be fair, it's some of the injuries. I don't know how serious Donovan Mitchell's injury is, but if he's not one hundred percent for the playoffs, they could beat a Jazz team. And if I mean Jamal Murray's out, so I think they beat the Nuggets. And I mean, if the Lakers aren't healthy, then they could easily beat the the Lakers, I think maybe just the outside of the Clippers, I guess they could be like the second best team, but if they need a, they need a better big, um, like with the, with the Nuggets, I mean, they have Jokic who's, who's a beast. Um, if the Suns were able to get a Jokic, I think they would be a they have, contender. They have DeAndre Ayton. I know he's, he's, but he's not Jokic. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I think there's not too many Jokic's he, in yeah, the league. I think though. he's, Jokic is probably the best. I think he's the best big in the league, if not number two. Mm-hmm. But um, yep. I think they need Frank Kaminsky to play more minutes. That's what I would say the problem is. <laughs> I love Frank the Tank. Yeah, I, yeah I, I Google him like once a week just to see if he's gotten any minutes, and he is not. <laughs> they do not play him. Well, he was very good at college. We'll put it that way. I don't know, but he hasn't nah, really he's, translated he's in the NBA. Blessed, yeah. yeah. So, Ian, you got any picks for the NBA finals? I know you don't watch it that much, but – I know you still kind of pay attention. Dude, man, I don't know. I've been I've been thinking about Lucas since we since that one day you came over to my house and we watched him watched him clutch that buzzer oh, beater. Yeah, you seen that one that one game winner he had where he was throwing the ball oh, yeah. crazy. That's that, nice. That, that's just skill. I mean, yeah. That was that was nasty. That's that's so tough though. Like you can't like I, even if I was on the other team, I wouldn't have even been mad. Like, there's just like nothing you can do about that. That's like one of the hardest shots in basketball is falling down and putting up a shot at the yeah, buzzer. Perfect swish too. What? Not even like glass yeah. or a, a bounce off the rim or anything. Just yeah. cash. What happens if Curry? You remember how they were saying the reason why LeBron played five minutes during the All Star game was because he wanted to recruit. What happens if Curry joins LeBron? It's then it's over. That's not even close. fun though. Like I, I'm tired of the super teams. I like I like big twos, and I like yeah. I like like Damian Lillard. Like he's he's a one of my favorite players. Not because I love his play style, but he's just like so dedicated to staying where he is and proving people wrong. Mm-hmm. I think we need a little more of that. And no one's gonna go to Portland. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> like there's just no chance. Like it's Portland's like such a small market team. Like it's it's like the Bucks. I mean that's why. Right. Nobody really wants to go to Milwaukee. Everybody wants to go to LA or, you know, New York. Chicago. I do think though that that since Giannis signed that Supermax that people might look at that as okay, he's going to be there for four more years like I could go there, win a ring with Giannis and then then yeah. dip. And I, I honestly think that's why Drew Holiday came in too. 
So yeah, but it's looking like Drew's gonna finish off his career in Milwaukee. I mean, he's somewhat old. I mean, he's young thirties, and then yeah, we're gonna have him for a few. Yeah, he said he wanted to stay in Milwaukee for the rest of his career. So we'll see how he keeps playing. Yeah, we'll take him. I'm just I don't know. I'm just not a fan of Kyrie no more. I don't really like Kyrie Kyrie anymore. Just because of his decisions that he's made around the league, like about him not only leaving the Cavs but then the Celtics because he didn't feel like he was a star player. And I mean, yeah, he without Kyrie, we you know the the Cavs wouldn't have won. Um, He did hit that really nice shot um, against Curry Mm -hmm. uh, game seven. But uh, Kyrie's just he gives off a very arrogant vibe uh, that he basically wants to be the star of the the show. And I think that's why Stephen A. always talks about. He's having a lot of problems with the Nets. He's barely played any games with the Nets um, over the season. And him, he keeps uh, sitting out because of family troubles. And I, I just don't like, okay, yeah, you want to rest. That's fine. Rest a couple of days. But I don't like when they take these long stretches because, I mean, you're literally making more than 99.9% of the population will ever see in their entire lifetime. And they don't want to play. Like, that, mm-hmm. that kind of annoys me. Yeah. Yeah, I was – Kyrie used to be my favorite player back in 2015, 2016. And I was a Cavs mm-hmm. fan solely because of Kyrie. Um, and watching the 2016 finals was the greatest thing of my life. That was so much fun. Yep. But, uh, yeah, Think about years, it. I don't, he's kind of... like, I don't know if we'll ever see another finals like that again with super teams. I remember hearing that over the radio. I don't, I don't know if it's Jordan, Utah with it, that one shot, but that was definitely one of the, the greatest finals games of all time. Yeah. Game seven. Like there's just it doesn't it just doesn't get any more hype than that I don't think. When you said Ben, when you said super teams, did you mean the Cavs and Warriors? Oh no! Like I'm saying, like I know they were super teams. I get that. No, but it's just like you think LeBron and Kyrie. I don't. don't Nobody saw the Cavs as a super team. I think big three. If you have three, like the Nets, they did though. They had Kyrie, LeBron, and Kevin. No, but. Come on. I mean, come on! But it's it wasn't KD, Steph, and, and that's Clay. fair. And I'm saying, I, okay, I'm saying before the, I guess it's not technically before the era, but before, like KD and the Warriors happened, that was like, I guess pre super teams, yep. if you want to say, it. Yep. and that's what I was trying to say is like, I don't know if we'll get another one because of super teams like Brooklyn, like Los Angeles, both Los Angeles teams. Honestly, I would like to see the the Lakers and the Nets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we would like to see that, but I'd consider those super teams. Would you, you say know? the, uh, I don't know what year it was, but old OKC, KD, Wes, and... See, that... Yes, that, I know, because they, not, were, they were just starting were, to find their, their rhythm. That, they weren't in their prime. And that and their homegrown, too. Yeah, they didn't know that was a super team until it was too late. Exactly. You know what would be insane, would be sick, dude, if LeBron, when he retires, were to... To remake the Seattle SuperSonics. That's what I'm. That, cool. That's my dream. That would be raw. Dude. Then Aren't I don't they, think they're back. I don't. They are bringing back Seattle. So I don't uh-huh. see the Lakers as a super team because I think big twos are fine. I love having that duality of the two guys that just go at it like together. Jokic and Murray. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think AD and LeBron are so mm-hmm. good that people look at it as a super team. But outside of that, mm-hmm. man, like who's their third best player? They've struggled really bad on offense without having those two guys. That they don't have like a third guy like a KD. Or I guess more of a Harden or a Kyrie to carry well. Yeah, I guess it's. Fair. It was frustrating though in the off season where it seemed like everybody was going there, especially with Andre Drummond. Like, yeah, Drummond's there now too. Yeah, I think they they wanted him because, I mean, before Aldridge retired, I think that when they got Aldridge and Griffin, I think the Lakers felt like okay, they needed something else. Yeah, because I mean, at eighty, he can he. I mean, they've switched him to the five before, but I mean, realistically, he is a four player. 
he shouldn't really be playing the center position. Um, they needed they needed you know a straight center, and they oh. didn't really have. I mean, Marcus Ola, uh, you know, yeah, he's aging. Yeah, but Drummond's been. I mean, because they've been, he's been getting minutes. He he dropped like thirty the other day. I mean, he's been playing actually pretty well. Yeah. Um, well, he has to because AD and LeBron are out. So. And I thought you know I always thought Drummond was good, but I didn't know he was this decent. I mean, I know it's because if you give I mean if you give a decent player you know full time you know the full game to play, of course they're gonna score 20, 25 points. But I think Drummond is actually pretty decent. And I like the fit that he plays. I think he he actually fits on the Lakers pretty well. Yeah, a guy like that fits pretty good in a lot of spots, and I think – I mean, he was playing really good in the Cavs too, but uh, – yeah. He didn't have yeah, – Sexton was kind of the only thing he had. And I think Kevin Love is, is getting towards his end time. I, I don't really think he has much left. Yeah, I don't think I mean, Kevin... He's been in the league a while. I remember him with, with Minnesota, the Timberwolves, <laughs> the white machine. That was a long time ago, it feels so, like. So, I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel like Love's been in the league a while. I mean, shit, dude, LeBron has been in the league a while. Like Chris Paul's been in the league a while. So yeah. one of these players in the next ten years, I mean, it sucks for us, but uh, you guys are probably seen on TikTok where it's like in the next ten years, so many of the people we watch right now won't be in the league. Like Katie's right. what thirty two. I know Harden's older. 35. Curry's already in his thirties. In the next ten years, you know, the people that run the league right now won't be in the league, and that you know, that's kind of sad. Here, Giannis is already what 30, 32? 27. Oh, Giannis is like twenty six, twenty seven. Giannis is young. young. Yeah, he's he's a youngin. Who's old? Katie is in his third. Drew, Steph. Drew, Drew Holiday's at, yeah. He's Honestly, decent. Middleton will be gone before Giannis. Oh, yeah, Bob. I mean. No one cares about Middleton. I think that, <laughs> I, I think that was one of – I mean, it wasn't as bad as um, – oh, why am I blinking? Who was the last pick for the All-Star game on LeBron's team? He's a center. Plays for Utah. Gobert? Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I think that – uh, I think that was one of the biggest caps, uh, the money that they gave him. But I think the money, the money that they gave Middleton was just uh, – it was ridiculous. I mean, he, Middleton getting, or Drew Holiday? No, Middleton. He, what was his con- – he got a, a he got huge a contract. Yeah, he got a nice contract. And I don't think – I think him and uh, Gobert are overpaid. I think, I think Rudy think Gobert does not deserve a super nice. I think Chris is one of the most efficient guys in the league that – I mean, if he could, if he could be the third option on a team – that team would win a championship, whatever team that is. But he is yeah. so efficient, and the ability he has just to shoot over people, he plays such great ISO shots, and I like him a lot. And I still think we can win, win a chip with the with the core we have right now. Yeah. I, whenever so? the Nets so. assemble, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I think so too. It's just um, yeah. I, this team is just so different from the past two years. So I don't know what to expect. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at it here. I mean, I just I think it's cap, dude. Chris Middleton's getting paid more than AD. He's getting paid more than Damian Lillard. He's getting paid more than Jokic and Bead Booker. I mean, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is only making only, but he's making 28. Middleton's making 33. I mean, Middleton's the 17 highest, you know, paid player in the league. And I don't think, I mean, he's good, but he's not 35 million dollars. He's not, you know, better than. I think he's not better than Damian Lillard or AD, and he's getting paid yeah. more than them. That's fair. So, and LeBron's not even the highest paid anymore. I can't. Steph Curry, Chris Paul makes more money than Harden and KD. That's crazy. Yeah, he signed a forty-one, whereas LeBron's at thirty-nine. Blake Griffin's getting paid thirty-six for absolutely no yeah, reason. That, that's that's the worst. That's <laughs> this, dude. That man fell off. He's, Blake Griffin's getting paid more than 
Butler, Kawhi, Kemba, PG, Thompson, and Kyrie. AD, Lillard. He's getting paid more than all of them. Like, yeah. bro, what? Dude That's didn't crazy. even dunk in the whole Detroit season. <laughs> I'm gonna take off my cap for that. That's that's cap. <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah, some people are just kind of overpaid. But it's good for this. Good luck to them. You know, they earned it. They went through the struggle. You know, being only 400 people in the entire world that can do what they do. Um, but yes, 33 million dollars a year for Middleton. It's a little expensive. I guess. I think that's why the Bucks are gonna have a harder time to that. They. they I don't know what their cap space is, but not as good as like LA or New York. And that's the problem. I think if it, if basketball was like MLB, where there was no cap space, I mean the the league, you'd have literally LeBron, Curry, and Giannis on the same team with no problem. Yeah. And that's why I don't get how KD is always going to these teams where they can afford three maxes. Like, how did the Nets pull off getting KD, Kyrie, and Harden? They and how had a the bunch Warriors... of low level contracts. That's why they got rid of them all. Yeah, like I'm, I can name someone else other than their four, and DeAndre Jordan. Other than who? Kyrie, James Harden, um, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, KD, Joe Harris, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, that's fair. Con- yeah. good point. Good point. Still low still, level contracts. Blake's contract is thirty. Katie's getting thirty. Kyrie's getting thirty. I mean, that's four thirty million dollar a year contracts. Yeah, and they, and they still. I mean, after they already had. A huge lineup. They still went after for you know Aldridge before he retired and and Griffin. I'm like, how can you guys afford it? Yeah, I don't know. I think the the league's gonna. Be, I think this off is gonna be pretty good. Um, with the, the you know the, the trade deadline was was pretty good, but I think this upcoming year's trade is gonna be really decent. Yeah, I think so too. I really wish Lillard can either go somewhere or get paired up with somebody because if Lillard can get paired up with like a Jokic or a, a good big, I think they're Finals contenders without a doubt. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap up our episode for today. Uh, I say thank you to Ian. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Yep. Noah, thank you for coming. Appreciate it. No problem, um, buddy. Cam, as always, thanks for uh, being on yep. the episode yep. with me. Appreciate Good talk it. with you guys. <laughs> yep. Um, this is a solid episode. So we'll be back. Um, not sure who our next guest will be or guests for that matter, but. Um, yeah, LeBron. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, it's weird. We're bad. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, all right. Thanks, guys, for joining us. We'll be back with.